0: college basketball tournaments are back and so are Brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) This is the Cowboys Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Cowboys Wire editor, KD Drummond.
1: Well, KD, news breaking around the Cowboys as usual. I think come Tuesday, we were all we all figured that the Cowboys would be placing the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. Instead, Monday night, the news breaks that a deal got done, and as the numbers First came out, I was like, man, this seems like a good deal for Dak Prescott. And as I read all the things about the inner workings of this deal, the bonuses, the money, the no-trade clause, the no tag clause. I want to get into all this stuff. Man, it feels like a really, really good day for Dak Prescott. It feels like everything on his list for he and his agent, they got it from the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, right? But what's your leadoff take on this deal getting done? Dak is gonna be with the Cowboys on a four-year contract that's really, really good for him. It's a really good contract. It's a good day to be Dak.
2: Ever since the end of the regular season, uh, those of us who follow the team, the fans that are fans slash media, have all been chanting basically one thing on a daily basis. Today's a good day to sign Dak Prescott. Yes. And yet nobody figured that it was going to come on Monday. We had heard to scuttlebutt that uh, you know, the sides were getting more friendly and things were progressing, but there still didn't seem to be a direct end in sight come monday everybody expected the tag to hit on tuesday and then was hopeful that over the next week over the next eight days up until uh the start of the new league year on march 17th that there was going to be some sort of agreement at that point in that window but nobody expected it before the tag deadline and lo and behold they got something done they agreed to it uh so yeah it's a beautiful thing the contract again as you said wonderful for Dak Prescott. I am, of course, a pro player advocate. I always want to all the players to get as much as possible because I have not fallen for the ownership mantra that the salary cap is real. It's not a myth, but it's not as foreboding as they make it seem. They are able to do certain things, which they employed in the Dak Prescott contract in order to push off uh, cap hits into future years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all in all of Dak got exactly what he was looking for last year. The negotiations were left off. The Cowboys wanted a five-year deal. Dak wanted a four-year deal. Well, this deal is a four-year deal with basically an out for the team after three years. Uh, it came with, as you as you said, a no-tag clause, which basically means that the Cowboys are not going to be able to tag Dak Prescott at the end of this contract, and he will be a free agent if he wants to be after these four years. That was actually... Uh, that was regarded as a sticking point in the last negotiation that the team would not relent on not on not tagging him again, uh, but he got that this time. He has a no-trade clause, so he can demand where he wants to go if things go south. Uh, it's just altogether a great contract. Four years, $160 million, uh, $95 million fully guaranteed, $126 million functionally guaranteed, all paid within the first three seasons, and it is a tremendous deal. One of the great things about the deal uh, that I found was – Where do you come up with the number one twenty six? Where is one twenty six million coming from? I love this. Go
1: tell it. I know. I saw this tweet. This is awesome.
2: Last year, when they were negotiating, they left the table and they were close to agreeing at thirty four point five million dollars as an average over the course of that five year deal. They they almost signed that deal. If they did not come to an agreement this year, the salary cap would have been hit with the franchise tag of thirty seven point seven million dollars. If they did not agree to a deal for next year and they had to tag them for the third time, that would have been $54.4 million or $54.2 million, somewhere in that range. But when you add up all three of those numbers, the average annual salary for one year, the second franchise tag, the third franchise tag, it totals up to $126 million. How the hell did you think to add all that up? How'd you
1: think of that? That's crazy, man. That's wild,
2: man. That is wild. (laughs) This is what I do. Well, the, the thing is that when you're dealing with uh, unrestricted free agents, the basis of a negotiation always starts with a guaranteed money. How much guaranteed money are you going to give a guy? And agents always start with saying, well, the first year tag, and if you have to tag him a second time, that's where we're going to start the guaranteed money, because if I don't sign this contract and you really want my guy, you're going to tag him twice. So you have to guarantee me in this contract he's at least going to make that money, and then we can talk from there. So that's always the basis. But once you tag a guy the first time, especially for a quarterback, because remember, only Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins has ever played a season under the franchise tag like that Prescott did. And neither one of those guys came back to the organization on a long-term deal. So really, there's no there's no uh, foundation. There's no history on what do you do when you're really working on a long-term contract with a guy that's already been tagged. So it ends up, that's where they got the numbers from. I was crunching them and I kind of started adding stuff together. And I was like, aha, that's what Todd France was hitting on. So uh, it's a beautiful contract all the way around.
1: All of these numbers. They they're all for a reason. Why sixty six million? Why the signing bonus of sixty six million, Katie? Well, that's one million more than Russell Wilson got. It made him the highest. It gave him the biggest <laughs> signing bonus. Russell Wilson got sixty five million. So these numbers they don't come out of thin air, like you're saying. Like they, there's always a method to the madness. You know what I mean? No,
2: no. I was just going to say there's even, even more to that. The sixty six million dollars. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the foundation. That's one more than what a uh, one million mil, one million more than what Russell Wilson got. But then they tacked on nine million dollars as a base salary, so he has seventy five million dollars in the first year. And then it comes out uh, the day that we're recording this on Wednesday. The new NFL salary cap is out. Yep. It's $182.5 million. Dak Prescott's contract is worth his, his cap hit based on the $9 million base salary and the proration of that $66 million, which is 13.2 a year, $22.2 million. Guess what happens when the salary cap comes out? And you know Jerry Jones is keen in those negotiations. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are under the cap with Dak Prescott's new contract. They have about $800,000 to spare. They do not have to restructure or cut anybody to be under the lead cap by the time the new league year opens on March 17th. So that they knew what they were doing. They constructed it exactly that way so that they could fit him under the cap without having to cut anybody. And they are now fully able to go through this next week and decide who they really want to get rid of, who they really want to keep uh, who they really want to restructure without having to worry about creating room just to get that Prescott under the cap.
1: One thing that I can't stop focusing on is the no franchise tag clause. And you wrote about on Cowboys Wire, Katie, how this is kind of a flex by Dak Prescott. He, he flexed in this contract negotiation. He got a lot of the things that yep. he wanted, maybe all the things he wanted. There was not a lot of concessions on Dak Prescott's team um, because we all saw what happened when he got hurt and what happened to the Cowboys when they were sticking other quarterbacks in there. They, they tried plenty of different guys at quarterback this past season. Yep. None, none of them really went well. And I think back not so long ago to Tom Brady, he used a no franchise tag clause to ensure that he would be able to test free agency in 2020 when he left the Patriots. After that Super Bowl win in 2019, yep. he restructured. They added some void years and the no tag clause. 2020 rolls around. He's a free agent and he leaves and goes and wins a freaking Super Bowl with the Bucks. Don't get me started on that. You know I'm a Patriots guy.
2: <laughs> I know. I know it hurts you bad. But this. But this
1: feels like ah oh, this this kind of reminds me of like. power the NBA players are starting to get, right? I mean, the NFL guys are starting to learn their leverage. They're starting to see what – I mean, this is a a huge negotiating tactic that I think we're going to start seeing. The negotiating of a no-franchise tag clause. Really, the team has no power now, like you said earlier, to stop Dak from going to free agency when he is 31 and these new TV contracts are out. And quarterbacks are going to be making ridiculous amounts of monies in the you know, 50, 55 million, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And Dak's going to be ready to get another deal here in four years if that's what he wants. He can, you know, teams can have a bidding war for Dak Prescott if he goes out and crushes it with Dallas and their insanely good offense. So the no tag clause thing, man, I think... That's an interesting development that we're going to be seeing over the next couple of years, no doubt about it.
2: I 100 percent agree with you, and it's something that's only going to be eligible to the best of the best of the players. Sure, yeah. Uh, in, in order to in, in order to make that stance and say you know you have to agree to this, uh, but it makes sense because the franchise tag is really a relic of the old system. It's a relic of lower pay, uh, and it gives teams unfair control look at what's happening with Allen robinson in chicago he's very vocal about the fact that he wanted to test the market he said i know i can get a long-term deal from 31 of the 32 nfl teams it might not be the money that i'm looking for it might not be the terms that i'm looking for but i can at least get long-term security from any of these other teams just not but chicago. because of. <laughs> But just not Chicago. Chicago <laughs> is a team that they do not want to work out a long-term agreement with me. And if you're thinking about it, after your contract is over, you should be able to go and apply your services anywhere that you see fit, any anywhere that wants you. Uh, so I am I'm fully in agreement of negotiating no uh, no franchise tag clauses. I think it's something that the uh, NFL Players Association has been very derelict in their duties and not getting rid of it in any of the recent CBAs over the last decade, uh, the two CBAs that they've negotiated, I think it should be something that's done away with. It gives too much control to the owners. Uh, it's, It's just not a fair system. If you sign a contract, once your contract is over, you should be able to go find work elsewhere. In any other industry, that's the case.
1: No doubt about it. So, so much more to get to. What is This is the big domino that we've been waiting to, to fall with the Cowboys. They finally got this Dak done. We've been waiting for three freaking years, KD, for this thing to get done. Yes. They finally got it done. Now what? Now what's next for the Cowboys? Entering free agency next week, entering the draft in April. What's the team's approach going to be? We'll get into all that coming up next. Katie, another thing I wanted to get your take on, I do want to talk about what's next for the Cowboys, but for other quarterbacks, you know, because it's pretty obvious here that Jerry Jones just helps set the market. You've got guys like Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. These guys are next in line, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they must be all – they're clapping, right? They're cheering. They're pumping their fists watching uh, Dak Prescott get this deal done because Jerry Jones, he just set the market with this contract and, and yep. i mean i'm looking at josh allen he's probably going to get his extension here in a couple months and that boy's going to get paid too so uh you know yep. what, what do you think it does for these other guys
2: yeah I, I think with everything in the nfl it's all about the market and that prescott has now set the market uh everybody knew that when patrick mahomes signed his deal that it was a uh you know a It's a one-off, you know, based on everything that he's done. He's clearly, clearly the best quarterback in the league, the best quarterback to come along for some time. He was reigning MVP, uh, Super Bowl champion, all of those sorts of things early in his career. And he clearly is a step above what every other NFL quarterback can do. I mean, there's, you have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is older, so you're not going to project him as long. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes had to sign a 10-year deal in order to set the market at $45 million on an annual basis in line in the early years Dak prescott actually out earns him over the first three years of their contract so you can kind of see what's going on so he made uh, i believe mahomes contract was like 38.6 million dollars over the first three years of his deal deshaun watson was at 39 millions over the first three years of his deal and now dak prescott is at 42 million dollars over the first three years of his deal so that's going to be the basis of where lamar jackson hits I think because Lamar Jackson has an MVP on his resume, he's going to end up getting the most out of, out of the three guys that are on the market. Baker Mayfield is kind of a weird situation because you don't really know how much credit to give Baker Mayfield yeah. for a Cleveland's turnaround last year. He's not in the same category as you would call Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson who are going to be in the MVP conversation you would imagine for the next several years to come. I don't think Baker Mayfield is there. So you might see him now, because of where Dak and Deshaun Watson are, maybe now he's able to get Russell Wilson money at $35 million, even though he's nowhere near the caliber of quarterback that Wilson is. But based on where the high, high watermark is, he's able to fit in underneath that. But, yeah, Josh Allen, he's definitely going to his representative and saying, hey, man, I need to be at least in very close proximity to Dak's $42 million a year through the first three seasons. Lamar Jackson is saying, well, we know the window. Between Dak at 42 and between Patrick Mahomes at 45, I need to be somewhere in that range. So, yeah, they, for once, the Cowboys did not let the market set for them. They set the market. And it only happens on a year-by-year basis because, you see, they wanted to do $34.5 million last year. Four and a half games later, they're now up to $40 million a year. They could not signed him for less than $30 million a year before. A season later, it was up to $34.5 million. So all of these things happen. The quarterback market is just exploding. And these teams, it would behoove them to go ahead and sign their deal now. Because once that TV market hits and the agents catch wind of where the salary cap is going to go, yes, there's going to be some finagling like there was this year based on how much money, how much revenue they lost in 2020 because of no attendance, no merchandising, no concession sales. All of those things played a role, and we're probably going to see some carryover from the losses, not just on the 2021 cap, which was just announced on Wednesday at 182.5 million dollars. But there's possibilities that that could also dampen the increase that happens in 2022. So you're really looking at 2023 when the salary cap is going to explode based on these new TV deals. And at that point, you don't want to be the team that's looking to sign a quarterback. But hey, look at Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are going to have him for 2023. Probably 2024, but after that point, they're going to have to turn right back around and pay them again.
1: Yeah, who the hell knows at that point. It's going to be up to Dak, which is just crazy. That what, what a contract like we've been talking about. And as you said, KD, so $182.5 million is the salary cap. That's a good thing for the Cowboys. That means they're under the cap, as you said. If it was up around 185, yep. like some thought, they'd have some work to do they still probably want to clear some space, right, to sign their draft picks to go out and maybe get some guys to plug in on defense and free agency, too, uh, (laughs) now that the franchise tag thing is over with. So that means they're going to have to go to guys and, as you wrote about on Cowboys Wire, talk about restructures. Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Zach Martin, Zeke, like, these are guys that uh, I'm sure the team's going to be going to to try to clear some cap space with. And do you think the DAC contract... Does it affect these guys? Like, does it affect Amari Cooper's ability to hang with the Cowboys long-term? Does it affect Zeke getting another contract with the Cowboys?
2: Yeah, that's a conversation that the owners would have with the media and you can tell which media outlets get their sources from teams and which ones get theirs from agents. Sure. Because that's the side of the that's the side of the conversation that you're gonna be on. You have guys that are talking about the fact that you're gonna to have to cut Amari Cooper. Uh it could be the 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 end of Zeke uh in the next year or two based on Dak Prescott's contract that's hogwash. Those guys uh situation was gonna be that independent of whether or not Dak Prescott signed this deal. It would have been a lot worse if they had to franchise tag Dak. I can promise you that. If they had to franchise tag him for $37.7 million and then next year for $54 million, they'd have had to get rid of a lot more guys and based on the contract he signed. So that conversation, they can miss me with that thing about having to uh, alter their future philosophy on these players because they're signing Dak. If they had started over, those guys would have bad careers and they wouldn't get as much money on the open market. So really, what are you talking about saying that signing Dak is going to be a detriment on their ability to save with the Cowboys? Amari Cooper's contract was built with the idea that you can get out of it after one year, after two years, they gave him a very small signing bonus of only $10 million, which means that after each year, $2 million gets knocked off of the dead money. So he's getting paid base salary $20 million. His cap hit is $22 million based on the signing bonus allocation. And if you were to cut him right now today, you would have $8 million of dead money, but you would also be saving that $20 million base salary. So you could actually save money right now with Amari Cooper. Next year, the amount that you save goes up by another $2 million. So it's really not a big deal to sign that because the options that you were going to have were based on how much seating Lamb progresses, whether or not you want to re-sign Michael Gallup or you find another wide receiver in the draft or another tight end, Kyle Pitts in the draft yeah. that can make this uh, dynamic offense if they don't have Amari Cooper all of that is separate than what Dak Prescott's uh, effect has on the market because lo and behold the way that is structured with the void years you're going to be able to restructure Dak Prescott's uh, base salary next year into another bonus that's allocated over five years and his cap hit next year is most likely going to be less than his cap hit is in 2021 that's how the cowboys won this deal because they constructed it in a way that they can actually be cheap on their quarterback cap hit for the next two seasons and still sign guys keep guys around and at least go through the next two years with the team that they have intact that other talk is hogwash and i'm really mad that people are carrying that uh, based on some guys that are obviously carrying water for the ownership group
1: yeah, the cap is crap. Just look at the Saints, right?
2: It is. Look at how the it Saints is. got
1: out of their cap jail.
2: It's not a real thing. It just isn't They they just, franchise tag look, this one hurt me. Marcus because Williams. I went through my podcast yes. yesterday. They, they, they I went through my podcast yesterday, recorded the whole thing talking about how Marcus Williams, if you're gonna spend money, spend it on Marcus oh, Williams he would have been and great then I get cowboy. off my podcast oh. and I see they franchise tagged him. Oh, the Saints man. have no money. Right. How are they franchise tagging people? They have no money. Don't so, figure yeah, it out. Cap is cap yeah. is crap. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Marcus Williams, man, he would have looked good and he would have looked good in a Cowboys uniform, my man. Oh, my gosh. And that was my that's that's where I want to leave it. Like you mentioned Kyle Pitts. Now, if there's an an amazing offensive talent there in the first round for the Cowboys. Sure. Go get it. But, you know, that worked out with CeeDee Lamb, obviously. But it's time to pony up and and start plugging some big names in on defense, guys that are going to help this defense uh, turn the corner with Dan Quinn. Right. So is that what you're looking for now, Katie? We know the offense is good. Dak's back weapons all over the place nothing really to worry about there on the offensive side of the football plenty to worry about on the defensive side so now are you focused on defense and what the what the team does there
2: yeah the only thing that i have to sign on offense is a backup quarterback that's that's really the only thing that needs to be solved is you need to have a guy that you feel comfortable with and if that's garrett gilbert because of how he performed in one game against pittsburgh last year so be it but you probably want to go out and sign a backup quarterback andy dalton He's an option, but I think he wants to go someplace where he can at least be a nominal starter to begin with or at least compete for a job with a mid-round pick that they draft, you know, whatever team drafts. But on defense, you need help at defensive tackle. You need help at linebacker because both Sean Lee and Joe Thomas are free agents. You're most likely going to lose at least two of three of Shadobi Awuzie, Jordan Lewis, and Xavier Woods in the secondary. So you have to refill there. And the Cowboys always like to go into the draft at least thinking that they have starting quality players at every position. Then they can look to upgrade positions based on who's available in the draft, but they at least want to be assured of the fact that they can go into the next season and say, well, this guy is a serviceable starter. He's a replacement level player. Uh, They don't want to have a below replacement level player starting anywhere in their roster if they don't find that guy in the draft because then that really makes you have to reach for guys and you never want to go into a draft reaching. So I desperately hope that they signed the nose tackle that they thought they were getting the Don Terry Poe, which was a horrible decision. I hated that from the beginning. <laughs> they find a three technique to be in rotation with the young guys, Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore. Um, I could use another edge rusher, but I'm comfortable with Randy Gregory and Bradley Anai and Doris Armstrong and those guys and some of the UDFAs that they had on the bench that they never played last year. Um, but linebacker, they need a third linebacker in that, in that rotation desperately. They need a starting free safety, and they need at least one cornerback to go with Trevon Diggs and Anthony Brown, uh, and most likely two. So, yeah, the defense is definitely uh, needs to be the focus of how they approach free agency over these next couple weeks.
1: Oh, man, such good stuff right there from you, KD. And when we talk next week, we're going to be in the middle of it, man. It's going to be Wednesday. So we're going to be beyond the tampering period. That's just created for Schefter and all those guys to do whatever they're doing (laughs) with their phones and breaking all the news that we're going to get anyway. Uh, So they're going to do all that thing on Monday, Tuesday, and we're going to, we're going to know there's going to be a lot of moves to analyze next week. I'm ready for it, man. But this DAC deal, Huge news, man. It's it's great to have this behind yeah. us, finally.
2: Oh, finally, man. Like I said, there was somebody said uh, on Twitter, we'll never have to worry about this Dak Prescott deal uh, conversation again. And I was like, bro, we got two years. We have a two-year moratorium. Yeah. That's all we have. 100%. Because once we go into year three, Once we go into year three, he's going to be able to say, hey, you guys don't want me going into the final year of my contract without the ability to tag me. Let's negotiate now. Absolutely. So that's why this deal is so beautiful for him. Uh, Let's do
1: it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. For KD Drummond, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you all next week.
0: This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates. The latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast. Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.